are not, they don't come to Christmas services wanting to hear a brand new story. They want to hear familiar music. They want to hear a story that they've known for a long time. Why is that? You know, why is that? I think it's because the story rings so true to our lives. Now, there's a part of our lives that gets lost in the sound, the noise, the worries, the concerns, the this, the that, the how many gifts that person got versus how many gifts. gets gets lost in all that stuff. And yet, Thanksgiving, we settle back into gratitude, and then we settle even further back into Advent. And there's some beauty there. I mean, one of the most beautiful parts of Advent, I think, is this, folks. If you think of a hand, right? So, so... In Advent, we celebrated over four weeks, the fifth week being Christmas Eve. But over those four weeks, depending on which particular tradition you look at, the tradition we're going to use is is a very traditional, traditional view of, of Advent, is what we celebrate is hope, peace, joy, and love. One week that's about hope, one week that's about peace, one week that's about joy, and one week that's about love. And that that's how these people, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, that's how they decided to describe this season. They said, look, these are the gifts of this season. This is what the Christian message is really all about. It's about those four things. We're going to celebrate each one in turn, and that that's all going to culminate around this beautiful, beautiful Christmas Eve service. That expectation, folks, that expectation that something new will be born, some new hope, that's what we'll be lighting today. Idea of a beautiful new hope. And and what I'd ask you to think about today as we go through the service, like, where can this little bit of hope be born? I actually have some time for you to just think through that. Where can a little bit of new hope be born? Because so much of our lives, we have these, these hidden obstacles to hope, these things we don't see that can actually get in the way of, how, of seeing something brighter in the world. And, and hope doesn't mean that all the circumstances of my life are going to change. I, I wish I could promise people that kind of hope. I don't think really we can. Sometimes life circumstances are really hard. Sometimes life circumstances are really beautiful. Regardless, hope is still present. It's about how do we get rid of something so that something else can happen. You know, a simple story that I heard this morning was an interesting one. It was a, was a, was a, was a director at a nonprofit who worked, worked at, a, at a women's shelter. And it was specifically a family shelter. So for, for, for moms and their kids who were, feeling, who were fleeing really abusive situations, uh, they wanted to create a family shelter. So that's what she was running. And she would notice, she would notice frequently that people would kind of be parked across the street but never come in. Some people would come up to the door and then turn around and leave with their families. And they were trying to figure out, why is this? Like, we're trying to offer this service. What's getting in the way? Because that idea, folks, on the other side of that door was a new kind of hope. Challenge, right? A real challenge, but a new kind of hope. And it was interesting. You know what, you know what kept people from coming in? This is interesting. A sign on the door that said, no pets allowed. Isn't that interesting? Because these families had their pets. They had their their dogs, their cats, all those things. And and they couldn't even imagine leaving that behind too. So they took down the sign, (laughs) and guess what happened? That I'd ask you to sort of hold on to. I mean, that's a more dramatic example than probably, or hopefully most of us have to live with. But but to hold on to that idea that, that whatever's in the way of hope And it may be, ready for this, folks, it may be something you're absolutely convinced of. Whatever might be in the way of hope, maybe today's service can be a way to just let that go. So that hope, which is always present, can be more present in your life. It can be more present this Christmas season. That's why I love the idea of light. I love the idea that that we're here talking about lighting a light. 
I say it over and over again because it's, it's such a great spiritual principle. No amount of light can ever be extinguished by darkness. And no amount of darkness can ever extinguish light. And so this is a season of that. And hopefully today we'll just light that little light of hope just a little bit more. Now to take a look at this, the first thing I want to talk about with, with this hope is the idea about how hope and imagination come together, how hope and imagination combine. I think spiritually, you know, at the Christmas season, it's this wonderful opportunity we have, yes, to live in hope, and also to somehow combine it with imagination. Like, like how can imagination look? How can it look to reimagine things, to imagine things in new ways? It's interesting, right? Like, like people will use this, this phrase all the time in a very disper disparaging way. They'll say, well, you know what? And I've heard this around religion. Like, well, a couple of things with religion. One of the, one of the things is when people oftentimes, uh, and this just happened this weekend, when I'm speaking with people or I'm sitting with people at a different event and they find out I'm a pastor, like, well, Chuck, I would come to church, but all the walls would fall down. <laughs> I've heard that way too many times. And you ready for this? I don't believe it. The walls have never fallen down. They just have not happened. Your computer has not exploded. The walls have not fallen. Like, none of that is true, right? And, and that's because, like, this person has a view of church in a certain, a certain way. And, and the idea that God's, like, the idea that church is just some big mousetrap waiting for you to trip the wire. Like, come on. No, church is about imagination. Church is about imagination. In this particular denomination, we believe in this concept of regeneration, this concept that God is constantly giving us a new heart. I'll talk about that a little bit later. A new will. And it doesn't work without imagination. And people sometimes will use this phrase in a disparaging way around religion, which is kind of funny. They'll say, well, you know, religion is just a figment of people's imagination, something people made up. It's all imaginary. And there's one of two ways you can look at that. I mean, one is you could come at it like historic, say, no, this is obviously historical stuff. I mean, I really believe that Mary had a baby. His name was Jesus. I believe he was God incarnate, God with sandals on, God in the skin and flesh, however you want to say it. I believe that he left us a message and a way to live life that will help all of us to live much more rich, fulfilling lives. I believe that is all historically true. But this imagination, is God a figment of our imagination? In a certain sense, I hope so. Not that that takes away from the historical nature of it. It doesn't. But, but do you realize how disparaging that is of imagination to say, well, religion has, can't have anything to do with imagination. You know what that's called? If religion has nothing to do with imagination, that's called boring. That's called boring. Of course, religion has everything to do with imagination. It has everything to do with, with seeing the world in new ways. It has everything to do with, with, with seeing that relationship that feels so incredibly stuck, so incredibly stuck, and think, yeah, I wonder if something new could happen here. And maybe it's not even that the relationship changes, per se. Listen carefully, because I know a lot of us have strained relationships. I know probably all of us have at least a handful. Maybe the hope isn't that, that the relationship changes. Maybe the hope is our relationship to the relationship changes. And we can hold that with a new hope. We can hold that with imagination. Folks, think how many things imagination has built. How many things have your, has your imagination built in your life? And then you combine that with hope. I mean, I know some of you have heart projects that came alive over the last week. And just imagine, you see, that's imagination and hope coming together. So don't ever think faith has nothing to do with imagination. It has everything to do with imagination. And combine that with hope, and you have something incredibly powerful, a force that we get to revisit every Christmas season. Every Christmas season. The beauty of being surprised again and again and again. So 
what we're going to do is we're going to do our first song here a little bit differently. What we're going to do with our first song here is we're just going to do an instrumental song. And I would ask you, I would invite you just to think through very gently. Yeah, where could I use some more imagination in my life? Where could I, I use that, that spiritual imagination, that Christian imagination? putting it right beside this idea of Christian hope. Christian hope, simple definition, love stretching into the future. How can I put those two side by side? Where could that come true in my life? You're welcome as you listen to the song, as you are any time in the service, to put an answer in the chat. We have a wonderful couple out of Michigan who runs our chat function. You're more than welcome to put an answer in the chat if you're watching online. You're more than welcome to shoot me in a text as well, just something that you're thinking about. My phone number, 215-740-3662, 215-740-3662. So just take a couple of minutes, take a breath. Yeah, where could imagination and hope show up for you this Christmas season? Hey, New Church Live, it's Angela. I just wanted to hop on and record this message to invite you all to consider making a donation to New Church Live. We rely on the support and generosity of this congregation to fuel everything we do here, and we want to make it as easy as possible to make a donation. So there's a handful of ways to do that. There's a QR code that is popping on the screen right now that you can use and will take you to our donation page, or you can text the word New Church Live all one word, all lowercase to 77977. Or you can go to our website, www.newchurchlive.tv, and there's a donation tab there. And all of those various places will allow you to make a one-time donation, or if you want to um, set up a reoccurring donation, that's what I've done. And it really has made things super easy. Um, and I know that I'm consistently supporting New Church Live on a regular basis, and I don't even have to think about it. Uh, so for me, that's a win. So I'd encourage you all to consider making a donation or setting up a reoccurring donation. Um, and our website is also a great place to go to get any information about events, community service opportunities, scheduling a meeting with Pastor Chuck. Um, and so we just encourage you to use that. Um, and we encourage you to make a donation no matter when you're watching this service, if you're watching it 
currently live or you're watching it a week from now or a month from now, um, the best way to donate to New Church Live is to go online and make a donation. So we hope that you will use those resources. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. And we just are so appreciative of all your generosity and support for this amazing congregation. So thank you everyone and have a great day. So folks, you know, beautiful responses and, and just, a, just a sampling of some of the ones that I received that were beautiful. Imagining that the extra dose of goodwill and joy we see at Christmas time is a glimpse of how, and this is really big, of how things truly are all the time at a deeper level. And I think that's true. It works because it comes back to who we, who we truly are. I imagine and hope that Herod, Herod's the bad king. Think of Herod, if you're not familiar with this story, think Darth Vader. I imagine and hope that Herod plays a very tiny part with our family, friends, this Christmas time. I know he is part of the story, but I hope he doesn't have a main role and everyone can enjoy being together. Yes, just a supporting role, not a main role. Amen to that. Hope could show up in accepting my family as they are because the Lord accepts them as they are. Why shouldn't I? And another person writes, family relationships. And I think, boy, we can all resonate with that, right? So there's just, there's just a sampling right, a sampling of where people might, might want to find more hope. And, and again, I don't want to lose track of that combination of imagination and hope. Think of, I mean, some of the best parts of our life came out of that, right? They came out of maybe it was seeing somebody or doing something or having a certain experience, and then all of a sudden we feel this imagination and hope start to grow in our life. And, and, and imagine that in a spiritual context, in, in the ultimate ground of our being. Religion is the ultimate grounding of our being. Imagine, imagine imagination and hope embedded into that. What a world that could be. I remember so well, I remember years and years ago, I mean, this is probably going on 30 years ago and, and listening to a sermon and, and the pastor you know, he had, he had said, yeah, you know what? Imagination, it's what connects heaven and earth. And he drew kind of earth, imagination, heaven. And the idea that that's, that was a big connector between the two. And I think that's really true. Like if we're sitting here on earth and we want to sort of think towards heaven and heaven not kind of there and then, but kind of a here and now, and how do we connect the two together? I think there's beauty in, in really saying, yeah, that's imaginative. The imaginative level of our mind is so key to that. And then there's a shift as well. The imagination of heaven. That imagination does work this way. But as in heaven, so upon the earth. That heaven is asking us, God is asking us to reimagine the world in very unique ways. It's interesting watching, right? You know, watching, watching TV and, uh, you know, I'm a big I love watching sports, watching sports. And at this time of year, there's all the superhero movies come out. And that's a certain level of imagination. And it's, it's like way over the top stuff. You know, how scary can we make something look? That's the movie Venom, by the way. And, and how brave or courageous, you know, it's sort of everything amped up to the millionth degree. And the imagination for us to have in the Christmas story is a little different because it's this. That's the imagination. And it wasn't a message. We're going to talk about the message to Mary here. And if you're not familiar with Mary, I'll explain it in a minute. We're asked to, you know, look at this story and, and we're going to look at it through Mary's eyes, but it wasn't broadcast nationally. It wasn't syndicated on TV. It wasn't promoted as pay-per-view. <laughs> it was a baby. It was a baby. Think about that. The beginning of where we start to put imagination and hope together. And we start to think about children, infants. That's where it starts. 
And I think this story is saying that's where faith starts, too. Incredible power in that. When we look at that, folks, it's important to remember that, that, that we're talking about things that God is doing in our life. Like, I, I love the idea of, and granted, I've never been pregnant. You know, never will be, obviously. But I've certainly watched my wife go through that and, and five times, you know, we have five kids. And, and it's just interesting, right, with that whole process because there's so little human control to it. There's so little. Yeah, we start the process and yeah, the baby's born at the end and we got all those responsibilities. But something being born in our lives, actually, there's not a lot of consideration. There's not a lot, like you don't need to think to go home, for anybody who's watching who is pregnant, you don't need to go home and think about how to make the baby grow. Like, that's happening. And I think there is part of that in our lives, too, that's a real significant spiritual message. That I, that I realize, there's, I'm sure there's some people right now who are watching this, and there's certainly parts of me that are even hearing this, hearing myself talk, and there's part of me that's like, yeah, hope's for the other guy. Or hope's for the other person. I'm sure some of us feel that way. Hope's for someone else because look at my life circumstances. And that's where a faith can come in. As one of those responses said, it's, it's a faith that there is this deeper reality to life. Like, up here's the storm. There's this deeper reality of life where hope already is existing. Where imagination already is what is true. Look at this beautiful line, folks, from Isaiah 43. This one I would take a screenshot of. It's screenshot worthy. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, also sometimes that's translated a road, and rivers in the desert. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I mean, that's, that's it right there. Now, now what, is, what is this new thing per se? Well, I, I think, folks, it's, it's this idea of God's spirit, and this idea of this beautiful line here, that it's about a new spirit, a new heart, within you, a new heart, a new spirit within you. And when you look at this beautiful passage, again, this comes out of Ezekiel, you, you look at this beautiful passage, this beautiful passage, next slide please, you know, this beautiful passage where it talks about it, it's the within you, it's, it's a new spirit, it's God's spirit within you. A new heart, a new spirit, and it's God's spirit within you. It's, it's this oneness of life that we all share. I mean, was that true around the Thanksgiving table for you? You know, a little bit just like, yeah, there's just this one spirit here. Yeah, we're all different. We're all in different parts of life, right? But there's, there's just this one spirit. Or maybe you took in a great Thanksgiving Day parade. And there's just this one spirit, right, that we share. That's God's spirit. And that's not the exception. That's the rule. Asleep to it most of the time. And on occasion, awake to the ultimate reality. Can you see, can you see folks, why this is called good news? Like, it's called good news because it is. It means that there's an ultimate reality that's on your side. It means that there's a God who's on your side. It means that there is a beauty of divine providence that, as Martin Luther King said, it's an ark that just bends gently towards justice. And we could say bends gently towards love. Time is involved. Human frailties are involved. Human freedom going amok are involved. But that's the reality of life. So what does this new heart look like? What does this new heart look like? And if you're taking notes on your phone, this is one I would take a note on because I think it's beautiful. 
As we were doing research for this sermon, one very quotable person always is Pope Francis, and this is what he said. This new heart, this is what he said, this new heart, this new birth of Christmas. He said, it's giving to all the right of citizenship in our own heart. Giving to everyone the right of citizenship in our own heart. I want to say that one more time. Giving to everyone the right of citizenship in our own heart. That's a completely counter view to how much of our culture is currently functioning. Where it's not about how do I invite, how do I welcome in people, how do I welcome in and say, yeah, you know, I'm going to give you citizenship in my own heart. We're not talking legal citizenship here. We're talking heart citizenship. A place of belonging in my heart. That's hard to even think about or consider in an era where so much is who can I keep out? of my heart. Who can I decide over here? Who can I decide over there? No, it's, it's talking about how do I really grant this right of citizenship into my own heart? Again, not talking legally there. We're talking something of the heart. Now, are there, are there times and places where, where we can see that? Absolutely. I want to come over here to this, this hope candle again. And talk about one where, where I think it was really powerful. Now, at, at New Church Live, we're privileged to have lots of ways to connect. And if you're watching for the first time, many, many ways to connect here in person with the church. You can come if you're ever in town. You can come be part of our studio audience. You can take, uh, take part of the chat that's online that's run from a wonderful couple out of Michigan. You can text me at any time during the service or after you can arrange, uh, arrange to meet me online on a Zoom call. That can be done through our homepage. And we also, most of the time, we have a number of small groups going. Small groups are just a chance for people to connect. It's just that simple. And we had two on Tuesday night, one for people on the East Coast at 7 and a later one for anyone who might need to tune in a little later. And Sue shared a beautiful story. Can I share a story with you? It's a beautiful story. So we talked about going down to a place where we serve a lot, St. Francis Inn. And again, not everybody's able to serve here locally, but we certainly hope we're a church that, that you just feel champions any service you are doing anywhere you live. And, and Sue had this beautiful story where she talked about, she went down to St. Francis Inn and you get assigned to these jobs and she'd always done a certain job. And I feel that same way. I'm, when I go down there to serve, I'm very possessive about being a busboy. I like that job. It takes very little thought. All I need to do is speak nicely to people and clear the dishes. And she said she went down. Her job was taken. You know, and, and again, folks, I love that idea. Like, we talked about hidden obstacles, right? Like the no pets allowed sign. And, and part, part of our... Part of our mindset is that, no, this is the way life is, and I'm really comfortable with life the way it is, and I can't really imagine doing something different, doing a different job, and there's a little anxiety with that. A little anxiety. I remember St. Francis in the first time getting asked to be a waiter. You know, it's like, wait, I'll have to memorize stuff. How will I do that? You know, anxiety around that. Well, what Sue got asked to do is, is she said, look, you know, she got told, like, look, we're going to give you a bunch of bags. And we have a bunch of donations. This was right before Thanksgiving, obviously. We have a bunch of donations out here in the courtyard. Again, it was a, was a chillier day out here in the Northeast. So we want you to just give people a bag, let them go around, fill up a grocery bag with food. Sue told me, she told our group, she's there, I loved it. I'm passing out plastic bags. And then hopefully nobody from St. Francis Inn is listening at this moment. And, and they had told her, like, just one thing per person. And Sue was like, no way. They're getting as much as they want. So she, she, she loaded them up. And, and I, I love just, just seeing her absolute joy. Right? And, and friends, you could hear the hope in her voice. You could hear it. A real simple definition of when we get a new heart, 
we start to allow God to recreate our lives is, is we put together goodwill, really important, goodwill, huge one, and faith and trust. We wish well for other people, and we trust that God's here too. Wish well for other people, trust that God is here too. We allow those to come together. I could hear that in Sue's voice. Goodwill and faith coming together in spades. And what we start to understand there, and this is going to be sound a little awkward because the pronoun's a little awkward, but I like the way this one author phrased it. She said, what we will find is we will find a service, not a power. Like, you don't go around like this finding a power. It's not like a superhero movie, per se. There aren't sort of bad guys to slay. There's not monsters. There's bags. There's food. There's community. There's connection. There is hope, peace, joy, love. There's hope, peace, joy, and love. That, folks, is the Christmas spirit. That's why I think, you know, any of you who are friends of uh, Dickens, who enjoy Dickens and A Christmas Carol with Scrooge and all that, that's why that movie rings so true. It's all about those beautiful things. We can, we can see it in there over and over again. And that's where this story of Mary comes in. And I want you to sort of, we, we've set it up so I could read you this story so you could hear it. I'm going to read you the story of where Mary finds out that she's to give birth to Jesus. I want you to hear it through the lenses we've been talking about. Please, like, listen to it through that. And then I want you to look at a beautiful painting that, that shows us this story. And it's a painting I use almost every year because it's, it's just so beautiful. We're reading here from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. In other words, she was engaged to Joseph. A descendant of David, that reference there is to King David. So he comes from a very, very plain, common person, but he had a, he had a regal lineage. The virgin's name was Mary. The angels went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, now again, folks, that's where, that's where I think we're all, I mean, I hope you're all smiling at that line. This is a peasant girl, a teenager. And here God is saying, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And you can imagine her kind of looking around going like, who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Like, yeah, no kidding. Mary, you have found favor with God. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Number one command in the Bible, I say that over and over again, so important. Do not be afraid. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name of Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Again, right away, it's, it's clearly pointing towards this is not a physical kingdom. This is a kingdom of the heart. This is a kingdom of what never ends. This is a kingdom of love. This is a kingdom of what stretches into the future. How will this be, Mary asked the angel. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child. Side note, that becomes John the Baptist in her old age. And she was said to be barren as in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Think about that. Hope, imagination. Hold up that piece of scripture. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the, then the angel left her. 
So it's a beautiful story. And, and folks, I'd ask you to take a look at this beautiful painting here. And what do you sort, again, I, I use this almost every year. I may well have used it every year because I love it and I continue to love it more and more. What does this painting mean to you? What is, what is this painting? What do you see? You know, I know we have kids sometimes who are watching at home. Kids, if you're looking at her face, how would you describe her face? Maybe how would you see the angel? I'd ask you to think about that, and you're welcome again to share an answer quietly. If you're here in our studio, aren't you welcome to share an answer quietly with, with someone beside you? You're welcome, if you are joining us online, to text me in an answer. You can also text in if you're in our studio as well. Text me in an answer, put a comment in. What, what do you see? What do you see in this painting? And I want you to think through that. And we have a beautiful song, a beautiful song, I think, that will give you some thoughts about what is it that Mary actually came to know. Did you know that you're a baby boy? One day you walk on water. Mary, did you know that you're a baby boy? Save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? The child that you delivered. Will soon deliver you. Maybe did you know that your baby boy gives sight to a blind man? Maybe did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trust when you kiss your little baby? You kiss the face of God, Mary, did you some songs, when they're done that beautifully, that I think our best bet is probably just to take a breath. Moment of silence. Just allowing God to speak to us there. The beauty of that, folks, 
beauty of that moment, the beauty of light, the, the beauty of, again, how these things start to come together and, and, and what, what this season can be. It's this constant reminding. And it's a constant reminder and it's something we so crave. A poem I love, and again, my apologies for using it a lot, but I love this poem. I love this poem. Every time I read it, it's, it's new. It's this poem called Annunciation. And this is written from Mary's, an artist doing it from Mary's perspective. Even if I don't see it again. I'm talking about that moment, the Annunciation moment. Nor ever feel it. I know it is. Listen to this beautiful line. And that if it once it hailed me, it ever does. And so it is myself I want to turn in that direction. Not as towards a place, but it was a tilting within myself. I love that, a tilting, a leaning within ourselves. Leaning towards hope, leaning towards imagination. As one turns a mirror to flash the light to where it isn't. I was blinded like that and swam in what shone at me. What a beautiful description of God. I was blinded like that and swam in what shone at me. Only able to endure it by being no one and so specifically myself, I thought I'd die from being loved like that. Oh, that is good. Sometimes poets can say things that words that, that regular prose never can. This poem says so much that way. I love that line. I just love it. You know, that last line, so specifically myself, I thought I'd die. And it only happens. It's only able to endure it by being no one and so specifically myself. That's a very poetic description, I think, of the spiritual journey, of the Christian journey. We're in this huge paradox where the more we learn to rest and surrender into what is, into God, the more we find our own unique identity and at the same time lose the identity that we thought we have and that we fight so fruitlessly to preserve. Oh, holy night has one of the most beautiful lyrics, and again, we have a tradition of a parishioner will be singing that on Christmas Eve. O Holy Night has one of the most beautiful lyrics I know of in Christmas hymns. And it's this lyric. Till God appeared, till he appeared, and the soul knew its worth. An annunciation, and our response is to tilt towards it will give us a sense of how much God values each one of our souls. And in that understanding, we can become, as Pope Francis said, where we welcome other people into our hearts, granting all a certain level of citizenship there. Folks, do you see the hope that's on the other side of that? I mean, immense hope. Do you see the imagination that's on the other side of that? Do you see the joy that's on the other side of that? And we just get these beautiful little glimmers of what that can be. I had one last week. Beautiful little idea about absolute love with its mercy, forgiveness, and grace. That idea that that's what God's talking about here. It's God incarnate, and it's growing out of an absolute love with its mercy, forgiveness, and grace. And, and then we get little moments where we just get to see what that absolute love looks like. I want to show you a picture. What it, this is just a small little picture. It may not resonate with you the way it did with me, but it's, it's a beautiful picture. These are the Dedeo kids. Chloe, second from the left. She got baptized last week. You know, look at that face, right? Is that a good face or what? <laughs> I mean, you can see it. You can see the hope there. You can see the light. You can see what life could be. Like, that's what we're to live in. Yes or no? Are there always going to be things to be afraid of? Yes or no? 
Yes, there always are going to be. Oh, my goodness. I read this mor- the news this morning before church. Bad idea. And most importantly, there's always going to be even more things to hope for. More candles to light. More worlds to imagine. More people to connect with. More love to share. That's the hope. So this Christmas, I'm going to ask you to do this. Maybe challenge you a little bit with this and challenge myself as well. Together, as a congregation spread across the country, let's live Advent this year. Let's really live it. Let's pull it into our lives in deep ways. Let's let's, let's allow this to be this doing, the thing that God is stirring in our heart, this new thing. Let's actually allow that. Let's live it, let's be it. And I know what you'll find there. You'll find a lot of hope. Amen. To close the service now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer a prayer, your Father prayer, and a blessing, and then we'll have our closing song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for the beauty of all those gathered here. Thank you for the beauty of all those gathered online. Thank you for the opportunity we have to connect and share. And Lord, this Advent season, Advent, begin, adventure, to begin something anew, this good news, help us to begin living into this good news in new ways. Reminders of what is actually true and opportunities to live that in new ways as we get ready for the year ahead. Thank you for your presence among us today, Lord. Your prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you this Advent season and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen. Let's get moving. Woo. Oh, yeah. Candles burning low. Lots of mistletoe. Lots of snow and ice. Everywhere we go. Choir singing carols. Right outside my door. Oh, all these things and more. Merry Christmas, baby.
Have a great week. Thank you guys. Thank you guys.